Question for you, Jordan. Go ahead, shoot. Is, Make it rain. Is is Spencer Cox being manipulated by the people who control the weather, who have thrown Utah into the worst drought in its history, and they're blackmailing him with rain in order for him to act the way they want him to act? Okay, Bobby. So let me just go back and sort of reframe that. You're... Here on the Mind Virus podcast, Mind Virus show. Welcome, everybody. Mindvirus.show. Find us on the web. Okay, so I know we've approached some interesting topics, and we, we, I think we've talked a lot about conspiracy theory, and at one point, we, we've even mentioned ideas like flat earth, and you neglected to, you didn't neglect, you sort of declined the option to go into this down some of these rabbit holes at one point. Right now, you're asking me if people control the weather and if they're using it to blackmail the governor of the state of Utah. Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Why would you ask me that question? Well, well, good question. Uh, the reason why is because I did some some reading recently, and and there I was I was directed to a short two-minute video of a from a from Canada from our neighbors to the north I've, I've seen this video I think you're referring this is the premiere of the province of Manitoba yeah and he's asked a pretty, what, what, who's what's the premier of a province I think that's like a governor okay but like it's a big it's bigger than the state of Utah right Manitoba yeah, but I think there's only about 40 people there. Okay. <laughs> so it's an obscure, this is an obscure reference? I guess Winnipeg is in Manitoba. There's 50 people there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us well, about Manitoba. Th- I'll look it up. This guy, this premier um, is is in a press conference, right? As governors and premiers and other very, very important people often are. And... He was asked a pretty basic question about, well, actually, it wasn't that basic of a question, but it had a basic answer. Yeah, well, Manitoba, by the way, is next to Saskatchewan, which is next to Alberta, which is next to British Columbia. Alberta is just directly north of us in Utah, if you're from Utah or in the Intermountain West. Manitoba is about the same size as Alberta. Biggest city there being Winnipeg, which apparently has 10 people, no, 50, 50 people. No, 10, 10 people because there's 40 scattered throughout the rest of the province, right? Sure. Well, maybe there's 90 now. 90, there's 50 so there's 50 in, in, in Winnipeg, Winnipeg. And half of them are on the hockey team. Oh. The, the Winnipeg, so 25 people on the Winnipeg hockey team? The Winnipeg Whalers. Okay. I believe, but maybe they can't be called that anymore. Uh, is that a social justice cause uh, maybe, to save the whales? Maybe. Okay. Anyway, Manitoba's <laughs> right next to Ontario. So, okay. So you you saw this video, and I admit this is a strange video. We both ha- have seen this week, which I'm, we're hoping that th- this sort of is the basis for today's discussion. But there's a larger 
uh, interview we hope you'll listen to that frame, yeah, we'll, frames this and we'll, we'll, get we'll to link that. to it. Yeah, but well, the reporter asks this premier of Manitoba, basically, and we'll link to the video. But about ivermectin, yeah, she says, "Hey, you know, there's there's a lot of early treatments available. Um, how come we're not talking about ivermectin?" And his response is beautiful and incredible. He he looks at her and says. We're doing all we can to get more vaccines into the into the province and get more booster shots of when those become available and and we would like to thank the people who sent the rain. It's uh you know our our province uh, has a lot of farmers and uh, it was billion dollar rain so we want to thank the people in charge who sent the rain. Okay, now hold on a second. Let's and that's go back. His Let's back up. Okay, first of all, should first we just of all, play it? Should we just play the video? <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Can you think you can do that? I think that? I still have it. First of all, like we learned from a we learned from this other interview that if you're in if you're in a public um, office or if you're if you're a public personality like a politician, sometimes these people get trained because they they take questions a lot. If you're Joe Biden, you don't take questions. Your staff cuts you off and says we're not going to take any more questions, right? I don't know if you saw that this week. There was another instance of Joe Biden being directed by his handlers not to take questions. So that's another sidebar to today's discussion. Right. Is who's actually running the White House? Well, and, and Joe Biden becoming very clear that he's not. He's made comments quite often, like, "Oh, they're they're going to get mad at me if I yeah if I answer this." But go ahead and ask a couple questions. It, or it, they, they they told me that that's all I can say, and then then he walks away from the podium. Who's they? Yeah, it's getting a little bit crazy. It's happening so often. Just just once or twice, you might think, yeah, he's joking about his staff, but but they follow the national, you know, mind, the what, what's on people's minds, and of course, the mainstream press is so controlled. But in the in the alternate press, which is probably being consumed by sixty percent of the country, people are asking the question, "Who's controlling Joe Biden?" But uh, we learned that. Generally, what they're taught in these at these high levels of politics and public uh, public relations management is that if you get asked a question you don't want, just pretend they asked you the question you wanted and and answer that one. Right. And like if, if you're you, asked if you about think, ivermectin, just talk about how great the vaccines are. Right. So so that's that's amazing because that's if you think back to these interviews and these politicians and how frustrated you've been watching debates and things like that in the past 20, 30 years, that has gone on a lot where people will be asked a question, but they won't answer it. They answer something different and you go... And very rarely does the question asker follow up and say, okay, that's all well and good. But you didn't answer the question. Answer the question. And oftentimes it's because the journalist is just half brain dead or they don't, they're not given a chance. They're well, not given, they're not called on again. Right. And when you have a debate um, between two political candidates, oftentimes they'll, the other candidate will be able to say, no, you didn't answer the question. Go back. But, but the, that's why they have a moderator that's been handpicked by the oligarchy so that they can, they can move them on. And they, they only have, Sorry, we are out of time or on the, that subject. Or we the need guy to will move de- on to the economy. Or now. the guy will deflect it again, and he'll say, "Well, you didn't, blah blah blah. You didn't." And so it, it's it's more of a schoolyard argument. But that that 
problem has been occurring for a long time where people are not held to account by the media or not held to account in media, and they simply won't answer the questions. But this, this exchange was... It's amazing. Beyond bizarre. I, I, put, I put two amazings on it when I sent it out to a friend this week. I said, you must watch this. It was amazing, comma, amazing. Well, this it was is, in July. His name is Brian Pallister, and he's, the, he's up in, in Manitoba. And we're just going to play this. It's two minutes. We'll just stick it up to the microphone because I'm too lazy to edit it in later. But we will that link has to worked it. in the past. We'll link to it at the mindvirus.show. By the way, today is October 4th, 2021. I am Bobby Flood, and I'm here with Jordan Bruno. Jordan Bruno. Thank and you. this is Brian Pallister, Premier of Manitoba. He's taking there calls. There seems to be another kind of hesitancy, and I'm speaking about um, treatment drugs. Uh, there's a hesitancy to talk about ivermectin. There's a hesitancy to to try it, it seems. Maybe you know something more about what our health system is doing, but there's certainly news that ivermectin, I mean, Dr. Alessandro Stanton, an oncologist, working with a laboratory at Yale, believes that uh, ivermectin could be very effective. He's worked with it. He's tried it. And, of course, he's not the only one. Uh, It's apparently a drug that does no harm. In particular, it's not got a big risk to try it, but it has helped many, many people. Are we doing anything with that? And if not, why not? We're pursuing uh, domestic research that we hope can lead to uh, better vaccine availability in the future, perhaps uh, not uh, during this uh, wave, but uh, when we need uh, uh, boosters in coming years or if there's another pandemic to have Canadian research available. And we have production, of course, in Manitoba. It's our our leading industry is drug manufacturing. Uh, I just want to say thanks to all uh, concerned. Uh, for the rain, uh, our fire situation, though not uh, fully addressed, is uh, been significantly reduced in terms of its danger uh, as a consequence of this rain. And of course, when farmers make money, we're all better off. And uh, this is a billion-dollar rain for our ag community. So uh, uh, I want to thank the people in charge uh, for making that rain available. Keep up the great work. Thanks, everybody. Have a safe, long weekend. Okay, okay, hold on a second here, because she starts off talking about ivermectin, but that's not the thing. He doesn't just say we're thankful for the rain as if it were God or something. He literally said, and I quote, I'd like to thank the people in charge for the rain. Mm -hmm. And you must absolutely click on the link on YouTube. Now, well, I, this, you, this was you, one of those videos that was so important. I downloaded it off of YouTube to save a copy of it because YouTube's it. probably going to delete you, it at some point. You can see his the camera's on him while this caller or reporter, whoever, is talking. And you can see him kind of shuffle his notes. He's kind of looking around like, well, no, she said the I word. And, and you can see in his response, he never mentions alternative treatments or ivermectin. He just immediately, we're manufacturing more vaccines. Here, take this vaccine. Now, there's some there's some speculation in the comments and and things that maybe he is doing this on purpose. Like he 
he doesn't like being controlled and he's making a mockery of of the whole process. I don't know. He's no longer the premier, by the way. He he let his he decided not to re up or whatever. He, he decided not to run again. I don't know how that works over there in the parliamentary decided, system. He was decided. <laughs> but it's a bizarre <clears throat> admission thing to say, especially given the question, but just bizarre on its own too. Like even even if someone said how how how's our fire situation if he'd given that answer it would have been bizarre. Right, it's kind of it's not even it's I'm trying to find where to fit this into the smoking guns in human history because there are a lot of them. And it's and it's sort of obscure, it's sort of like weird, it's a small pro- province, uh, you know, 50 people, 90 people in in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Our apologies to anyone listening from Winnipeg or from Manitoba. We know there's a lot of great folks out there. I had a mission companion from Yeah, hey, I love Canada. Winnipeg. I spent a lot of time in Canada. Uh, the, <laughs> the thing is, there was back in the 50s or 60s, what was it? 50s probably. Eisenhower made a comment about the military industrial complex one time, warning them, warning Americans about that which just sort of got swept under the rug. But th- this is in a different le- league. Well, it's it's a just no matter... It's, it's clear that he didn't just slip up. Like, there was a slip up. An Australian reporter said something this week, like, you know, researchers are working on drugs that will help to stop people dying from the COVID vaccines. <laughs> no kidding. Do you have that? I'll have to find it. <laughs> okay. But... It, she probably just slipped up and instead and said vaccines since we're saying vaccines, vaccines, vaccines so much. Right. You, she didn't intentionally right. say this, people are dying This is from not a slip vaccine. up. This isn't. He he goes out of his way to thank the to people in charge. Thank the people for the billion dollar rain. And in, and he says when he says keep up the good work, everybody he has this grin on his face, which almost makes me think he knows exactly what he's doing. But it's. It's just bizarre, and it led me to think, huh, we're in a drought, apparently. We have a governor who talks a lot about the drought and rain. <laughs> Are the same people in charge of Manitoba's rain also in charge of Utah's rain? Now, this isn't this, something This I video ha- has 3,600 views on YouTube. Only 3,600 yeah. views. I think it's been... It's it probably be, been deleted be and re-upped ones, and deleted right. and re-upped. Yeah. Now, weather manipulation is something I've heard about. And if you're into any kind of conspiracy research, you've probably heard about it. It's never been something I've taken much time with. But this this one video kind of opened my mind a little bit, uh, paired with this interview with um, with Catherine Austin Fitz, a name we've we've mentioned before on this show. She factors heavily into our overview of the secret combinations in episode eight. But go on before I give the background on that. Well, it just got me thinking about if if weather can be manipulated, it would then it struck me for the first time watching that video that it would be a tremendous tool or weapon of control. Right. It's you remember we I think on the podcast before we've mentioned that good old eighties or nineties song things that make you go hmm right things that make you go hmm right whatever this is far beyond far beyond and Catherine Austin Fitz is one of those that I think 
is far beyond that. And the reason why I think Fitz is in a league of her own here is because she was undersecretary of housing, housing and urban development and we was able to beat the Justice Department. They weren't, she's like, it's not like she's squeaky clean, but she emerged, she lost her fortune, right? Having to fight them. But she emerged and came out of the other side of that really positively and has gone around speaking and she decided not to do any mainstream press interviews. She won't talk to people that are not helping. She decides not to bank with J.P. Morgan Chase, uh, you know, something that we could all think about. She gives great advice. She's just really grounded and very a very solid thinker. And even her Wikipedia page is essentially unsullied from, you know, well, controversy. You know, this this person lacks credibility because X, Y, Z. She's always maintained this level of credibility. They can't, they, they, the, the establishment or the oligarchy has been unable to dirty her name in a way they've been able to, to really damage the reputation of other people. And I'm, I'm not sure exactly why, but she n- knew stuff and the way she explains it is <laughs> you, you, it, if you're a serious thinker, you've really got to listen to what she says and pause and go, okay, hold on a second. This isn't a woman that just blows smoke and talks about chupacabras and spiritual things uh, because, she, you know, with, without any credibility. When she, when she says she stopped watching television in 1984 or 86 because she heard a a converse, overheard a conversation between two oligarchs, two very wealthy people talking about how they were manipulating the public via subliminal messaging over the television. Safe and effective. <laughs> Safe and effective, yeah. You weren't supposed to hear that. <laughs> okay, I saw you mouth it. That's the problem. Safe and effective. She, when she says that... And she says that that essentially caused her divorce. She, she was divorced in 1988. You know, she just kind of throws that in as a sideline as she explains the broader picture. I really think we, we really ought to pay more attention to her. And, and she, again, she, her comments at dylanreadandco.com factor heavily into, heavily into our explanation of the history of the secret combination in episode eight, Hidden Picture, episode eight on Mind Virus podcast here. If you want to listen to that, it's long, but it's really good explanation. It may not be perfect, but it's just a really good overview about what we think, what Bobby and I think is going on. So she she's an important person, and her we've got an interview between her and some woman, I think, from the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. And this woman asks her really good questions. One of the, one of my problems with Catherine Austin Fitz interviews is sometimes the people that interview her, you go. Ask her better questions. Ask her good questions. She, you don't let her just say that and pass on to what you want to talk about. Let's let's find out what she knows because she she has incredible insight into this whole situation. And so this, I thought this interview was really good. It's it's still just sort of an overview interview, but the the woman that interviews her does a great job and, and Fitz tells us some really interesting things. And this is a very recent interview with, with uh, the last year as perspective to color what she's talking about. Anyway, go ahead, Bobby. Well, what you asked why they don't have anything on her. She, she mentions capture files, right? That's right. She, that control, she, she called them control, control files. Control files. And basically it's, they, they get dirt on people. And she mentioned this in the context of pornography, by the way. Sports and pornography. 
is the way she said they get guys. And sports, I think they can just lull people to sleep. Pornography, I think they can entrap people. It's a little more nefarious. With the, yeah, the and, por- that, and that made me think of you know the the theory with Jeffrey Epstein. Jeff, Jeffrey Epstein. Yep. Is it Steen or Stein? Steen, I think, is the way I've heard it pronounced. Is that his the game he would play? Is he would get people in compromising positions and have video and fo- photos of it and say, "I've got you, and now you're mine," and meaning his, meaning the the oligarchs. Um, but that's basically the the whole idea of a control file is you you can you can get something on somebody and then you have them. But I also think she's referring to this idea, which they call entrain. Well, it's not it's not her word for it, but this idea of entrainment, which is basically a sub subliminal. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what is subliminal. Subliminal is something that is below the surface, right? It's it's something that you don't readily see. And the best examples we have of this was the movie theaters back in the sixties. Drink coke. Putting in pictures of popcorn. Drink coke. Or, or actually, this was this happened on television too. It wasn't just in the theaters, but they would put in a, a few frames of something they wanted you to buy or do. Drink Coke, and then everybody goes and gets a yeah, Coke. Yeah, and then somebody instead of one or two frames did it for eight frames or something, and people said, "Whoa, whoa, wait, what was that?" And it yeah, the gig was up, and the cat was it's out of the supposed bag. to be illegal, but we all know that. Just because the government outlaws something doesn't mean that the government stops doing it or that the powerful corporations or whoever stops doing it. Right. So she... Insider trading is supposed to be illegal. But we found out this last week that a whole bunch of people at the Fed, the people who regulate... the governors of the Fed. The people who are supposed to regulate the markets... Have been selling Have been insider trading. Yeah. And, and so they're resigning. Nancy Pelosi as well. And there's a resigning, but there will be no further discussion on this well, topic. Well, resigning isn't a punishment. I know. I'm just saying. They're, that's what they're they're right. they're saying. They're doing something about it. Well, anyway, this entrainment idea uses sound waves and visual cues. Another interview like we'll that, link right? to. Yeah, another interview we'll link to is about ten, ten years old. It was between Catherine Austin Fitz and a guy named Adam, Doctor Adam Trombley. Is that is that his name? You have the PDF up, right? Yeah, Adam Trombley. And let me see if I can find his kind of elevator pitch on what entrainment is. Yeah. He talks about waves and subliminal messaging as relates to technology. He says entrainment technology basically is a technology that exploits a neurological function called frequency following response. And frequency following response was discovered in the earlier part of the 20th century. And in terms of this type of entrainment was a matter of when the brain hears a repetitive pattern, it can be a repetitive pattern of words, it can be a repetitive cadence of rhythm, or in modern times, it can be repetitive acoustic sound coming across the loudspeaker. Vaccines are safe and effective. There's a movie that is really interesting on this subject. It was Will Smith and Margot Robbie, I think. It's called Focus. Have you ever seen that? Mm-mm. He's a crook. He's like a... It's it's like a, a hip-hop modern version of the movie The Sting. Okay. Kind of. 
without all the really good Scott Joplin piano and the entertainer. Very good. You probably took piano as a kid and played that. I never could play that one. Oh, okay. Well, I did. But uh, you're more musically inclined than I am. You think so? I don't know. That was pretty good. Maybe know. the listeners could uh, go back and listen to our various humming and and singing and tell us what we'll take a poll whether Bobby should do the singing or I should do you the do singing. You do not want me to do or the maybe singing. We, maybe we should do a duet. No. Okay. Let's. I do can do another. the voices. Okay. I can do one voice. <laughs> okay. So I got a little COVID there in my throat. Um. <laughs> what were you talking focus. about? Focus. 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 The movie. Not <laughs> the movie just focus. focus. Uh, anyway, they they pull off a sting or a, a caper against a very wealthy man, and then they go on and they show how they set him up to to make a decision they knew he was going to make when he took a bet, and he ends up losing this bet because he picks out... Uh, a person out of a situation that he was it was like there's no way how why would he pick that guy out of the crowd they'd, they'd preconditioned his mind to favor this particular guy and so it's not just when, when Trombley talks about the entrainment technology relative to the digital media you got to realize that it is coupled with other non-technical ideas. For example, I noticed I, I, for some reason I got on a Clint Eastwood kick. Uh, these these are movies that probably aren't going to make it into our podcast philosophical discussion, but everybody knows who Clint Eastwood is. Very famous actor. And then he became a director and then he started write, producing and directing Tons of you're growling like mm. Clint Eastwood. <laughs> that's all. That's his. That's uh, all he, his he lines. Yeah. Da, 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 da. He. You feeling lucky? <laughs> you got to ask yourself this one question. <laughs> this here is a Smith and Wesson, forty-four Magnum, mm. the most powerful <laughs> handgun in the world. Uh, he he's. I noticed he developed the growl a, a little bit later on in life, where his his characters got more growly, mm. but. He he write he I don't know he writes them but he he produces and directs and then stars in tons of movies. There's tons of Clint Eastwood movies. He's got a new one right now, called something. Don't know. I'll look it up while you continue. the The thing is, it, and some of these movies are rated. Cry R. Macho, I think it's called. Okay, the so the guy's ninety years old. It, the The last movie I saw that was really good that he did was called The Mule about a 90-year-old who decides to run drugs for the cartel. <laughs> he becomes a driver for the cartel. It was it was interesting, you know? And uh, there was a movie that he did called True Crime in, I think it's like 1997 or 98 or something that was a pretty good show. He, he It's not super abstract, nonlinear, you know? It's not like the, the really going to make you think, but he has these little subtle twists in some of these shows that are that are really good. And the, the, the movies are okay. Some of them are pretty good. Some of them are okay. Mm. Like I know some people that really liked the show Grand Torino. Uh, mm. It's a pretty good show. The Mule was pretty good. He's one, oh, Unforgiven was quite amazing as far as Westerns go. It's just pretty visceral and, and uh, <laughs> anyway, 
it's a certain genre. If you like it, you got you got Clint Eastwood there. You could go look at. But yeah, rated R. A lot of it's really coarse. Definitely rated R. But I noticed watching a film. I, I mean, I know it's not just in Clint Eastwood shows, but a lot of these R movies they will put pornography up everywhere, and they don't they don't tell you. It's it's like it's a it's the locker room at the police precinct, or it's at a construction site on a wall, or in a marine barracks. And there was there was a movie in particular that I saw called Heartbreak Ridge recently. You guys think you the listeners know that pretty much all I ever do is watch movies, right? <laughs> I'm making up for lost time when I was a kid and was not allowed to watch R-rated movies. No, I think it's good that I didn't because I would have been entrained in in certain ways. They skin or pornography or uh for for, for women status and and uh male masculinity and for men the hourglass and a you know the female figure evokes a physiological response it evokes a a very real would you call it an endorphin a a dopamine Mm -hmm. it it endorses for sure it endorphs it it endorphs you (laughs) It, it invokes a response that makes you happy it makes you excited, right? And so right. when they put when they put this stuff in the movies, and it's, I, I'm saying this because this is a this is part of the entrainment that's not what Adam Trombley was talking about with his waves. This is the stuff that they just kind of pop it in there, and if you watch it, it's innocuous. You you go, oh look at that the 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 producers just threw in the why do they always have to throw in the pornography? It's like no, they do that because you see it you see it but you don't see it, and unless you go back and stop the the film and look closer, you, you know oh that was a that woman was actually not wearing a top, but we only saw it for a couple of seconds and we were focused on the actors rather than the, the inside of the guy's locker. But it makes, the, it makes the men out there really like the movie. Why do you like the movie Die Hard? Well, a heck of a lot of stuff blows up. He says, yippee-ki-yay, mother, da-da-da-da-da, while he's killing the German terrorists or the, the Northern European terrorists and, and, and he kicks their butts all over that skyscraper, right? And you guys like it because there's pornography in it, but you don't see it. It's in certain scenes and you don't see it. And that draws you closer to it because you go, oh yeah, I want to watch Die Hard. What's your favorite Christmas show? Die Hard. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> right. Have you never heard that talk- right. it talked about in those terms? But, well, that, but that's part of entrainment. That's an important part of it. And so I want to get that out there in the front before we start talking about some of the more, su- uh, not even subliminable, subliminable, the more digital, the more technological aspects of it. Right. Well, I think just from a, from a basic aspect, it is, it's everywhere, right? The news media is the most blatant example, Right they all repeat the same catchphrases. Every network, every anchor is repeating the same catchphrases and those kind of change over time. But they, 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 they all have their marching orders of safe and effective, stay home, stay safe. You know, the last two years has given us all kinds of examples. Yeah. But even, even before that, you can go back to, uh, you know, Iraq has WMDs. Iraq has WMDs. Well, and there, there's, another, there's another thing that I want to point out here from a Clint Eastwood movie. There, in the movie mm. True Crime, he one of his, he plays a newspaper reporter, an investigative reporter, and his main editor is played by Dennis Leary or O'Leary. Is it Dennis Leary? Dennis Leary. 
And then his, their boss is played by James Wood. Is it Woods or Wood? I want to say Woods. He, anyway, there's, a, there's these, these strange admissions in the movies, and he's talking about the newspaper and why they print what they print. And he explains people want, people want to hear about the blood, the sex, and the violence. Mm. And so that's all we talk about because that brings them back, right? And it, it's just this direct admission that that's what they're doing. Right. And that that's, and if you look at the news, that's pretty much everything you see. If somebody gets killed, especially a young girl or somebody gets, uh, you know, y- young women die all the time. And so do young men and people are dying everywhere. Like three, three, three 3.1 million people die in this country, died in this country last year. Okay. A, a minuscule fraction of them died from COVID. <laughs> or with COVID, excuse me. Hmm. And we focus on that. <laughs> I just get an Eastwood growl. <laughs> we focused on that so much because it's it's titillating. It's dangerous, right? It's unknown and scary. If you're sitting there, listener, saying, I don't think this is that effective, look out your car window right now, and I bet you'll see somebody with a mask in their car. Or wherever you happen to be, wherever you go next, you'll have people covering covering their faces in masks. Well, if you live on the coast, you for sure are going to see it. Right. And we, why? Why are they wearing masks? And, and and Bobby, I'll just let you know, we we ran into some friends, good friends, listeners of the podcast, that were back up in Washington and Oregon this last week, the last couple of weeks. They report back that it is not like we're here in the Intermountain West. You guys, we are lucky that we are not seeing this this masking thing taking over. People have people have kind of recognized that it's no big deal. We're letting our guard down. The media is having a hard time really getting us scared over it. But back east and in the Pacific Northwest, at the least from this, from this uh, primary source account that I'm talking about. They are masked up. They are right. literally, they, they said they went to the beach and there was a group of school kids that were, you know, a hundred yards down the road and they were all masked. And then there was a little family that was well separated from them and they were all masked and they're like on the beach and they're, they're the only ones not masked. It's kind of, well, the, the, two things have happened. <laughs> we got some strange things going two, on. In this two country. things have happened over the last couple of years. One is that masks and vaccines, which are safe and effective, have been have, be, have turned into political symbols. They're they're you know. It's like wearing the T-shirt of your favorite the uh, team. Yeah, it's wearing a T-shirt for your favorite team, or uh, wearing a you know a patriotic T-shirt. That's usually you know kind of a symbol of a conservative. Whereas a patriotic T-shirt, maybe don't they, don't tread on me. Right. The mask, in, in some cases, has become that a political symbol. It's also what the other thing has happened is that people, there are people that are legitimately just terrified and they think that the only thing that's going to keep them safe are the safe and effective vaccines and the masks and the social distancing and the shutdowns and the lockdowns and the the mandates and the vax passports and the boosters and... The safe and effective. We'd like to take a moment here, though, to stop and thank the people in charge... For making it rain. Well, a billion dollar rain. Okay. <laughs> so that's, you could see now why I listened to that. And my first thought was Spencer Cox. <laughs> What's Spencer Cox on, on Spencer Cox's 
control file. <laughs> Maybe the listeners can help us here. I was told by a friend, I think a listener of the podcast, that there is some video out there of Jesse Ventura. You remember Jesse Ventura, former World Wrestling Federation all-star pro. And governor of Minnesota. And actor in the movie Predator, by the way, I found out. Um, <laughs> somewhere, I've got a Jesse Ventura impression somewhere, but I'm sure it was just going to come out as my Cuomo. So we'll just move on. Yeah. Yeah, you, you're going to have to think about the Ventura one because he's got a really distinct one. I'm sure you could do it. (laughs) Apparently he's on video somewhere telling about when he became the governor of Minnesota, he was taken into a room with a big circle of people who basically said, look, you report to us, not the taxpayers. We're the one, we're the actual people in charge. And he's, he's like, no, no, like literally, because he was an outsider that becomes the governor. And so he, they literally took him into a secret chamber and said, this is how it actually works. And, and I'm not, I, I'm paraphrasing from what a friend said, but if we can find this video, Do we know who awesome. the people were in the room? Well, they were the ones that make it rain. <laughs> I don't know exactly. I, I, I'm going off from a conversation a while back and I haven't spent a ton of time looking for the video. Uh, somebody out there is going to find it. Maybe we can find it, but... We do have the internet. It's going to take a uh, Yeah, I don't know if we want to try to sift through Jesse Ventura interviews uh, while we're, we're here on the podcast, but he, he did say a lot. He, he's got a lot of uh, material out there. And I, also the problem is that YouTube, where a lot of this stuff was stored, has been just deleting massively in the last two years large amounts of data that people used to rely on, large amounts of, of primary source and secondary source material that, that talks about the conspiracy. That's, that's been going on. I mean, it, 9-11 is one of, those play, one of those topics where massive amounts of information has been deleted from YouTube, and it used to be very readily available. Right. Let's let's talk about the Catherine. Did you want to talk a little bit more about entrainment or the the Fitz interview? Well, entrainment is super intriguing because it's everywhere. It's it's everywhere and it's affecting every aspect of our lives from finances to entertainment to education to health to religion to I mean any mm-hmm. anything you can think of. It's So there's a lot of things you can do to make your your materials if you're a content producer more appealing just in the content right there's certain topics you can use you can you can do the whole beer marketing strategy of using the swedish bikini team or whatever you can use popular music but the interview that we're going to link to between Catherine austin fitz and doc and adam trombley explained that there's there's a deeper wave-based there are deeper wave-based mechanisms that they use music is a big one but but they relate to the alpha waves of your brain your brain uses waves right Right. your brain your brain operates on a analog wave type of a well they talk about it being a form of mind control yeah and so that's that's where the trombley interview is really interesting because he explains this to a certain extent and he he talks about how there are actually literally patterns of waves going through the power grid 
which I, <laughs> I find, uh, you know, th this is stuff that is, we're really at the, at the edge of the rabbit hole. It's hard to talk about these things authoritatively because we just simply don't know. And then you get into the realm of chupacabras and witchcraft and space aliens, which a lot of people tend to turn off. Sure. The we the weather modification is one. Chemtrails, for example. Mm -hmm. Chemtrails. People love to debate. Oh, they're they're not. What are they spraying? Well, they're not spraying anything. That's crazy conspiracy theory. If 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 that stuff was in the jet fuel, it'd be a huge. How how could we have? How could we have a? Uh, you know, the entire network of of air, aircraft fuelers, the aircraft fuelers union would somehow alert us to the fact that there is no, <laughs> there's no conspiracy. There's nothing in the jet fuel. That's just regular jet fuel, you know, and they get that out of the pump and, you know, how, how could that safe, be the case? That jet fuel is safe and effective. <laughs> and I, I don't really have a dog in the chemtrail fight, but, but... The question is, how are they doing the weather modification? Is it HARP? Yeah, that would be... A, that would be that. That is something that probably deserves its own show and 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 some more research. Yeah, well, you know what harp is, right? Yeah. The there's a there's ha, ha, a harp. high altitude harp. Yeah, there's a there's an array of antennas up in Alaska that is used to pump massive amounts of energy into the ionosphere. What for? How does that? Well, here's an idea. Bringing it back to the local. Uh -huh. So we, our governor, Governor Cox, was told. He told us to pray for rain, and then it rained, and it rained hard. It rained hard enough that it caused a lot of destruction, damage, and even death. Could that have been a punishment for him not getting us, the peons of Utah, to get vaccinated enough? <laughs> I mean, if, if this is a weaponized system, which Catherine Austin Fitz claims it, it is, then it would be a remarkable way to control governors and other people or was the the pray for rain admonition supposed to buttress the faith of the prevailing religion of the area right to make right. people think they're on the right track by listening to the governor well we he said pray for rain we're all a faith-based people we're all faith uh faithful people we prayed for rain and it rained so yeah, much so much we so prayed for rain that it actually killed a bunch of people and well, ruined it, a lot of homes god opened up the windows of heaven and poured out a blessing so great we couldn't receive it. I don't think the people who received it feel like it was a blessing. But I, you, I, I know what you're saying, right. but I, I mean, know, is yeah. that, what's the psychology here? What's the psychology of this Well, the psychology thing? here is that, see, it rained and we're righteous people and all is well in Zion. If we follow our leaders. <laughs> That's it, yeah. That's the implication. Right, including Spencer Cox. Especially Cox wants to be viewed that way. Oh, he wants to be viewed that way. So, again, if if this was a weaponized system, if the if it exists, it would it is definitely weaponized. If it exists, it's the one of the best manipulation weapons you could ever invent. Well, it does exist. That's the thing because you could control. You could you could hand you could have droughts or floods or perfect weather almost made to order. At 27 minutes into this video that we're going to, we got an hour long interview with Catherine Austin Fitz and this woman. <laughs> I, I wish I knew her name. I didn't do a lot of research on her or her, uh, 
her podcast or her group, it's some, it's got to be in the, in the Netherlands or Sweden or something like that. Northern European Norse type of looking woman. About 27 minutes into it, she starts talking about invisible weapons. Then about 28 minutes into it, she gets into weather manipulation. And Fitz is just like, this isn't, this isn't up for debate, Bobby. Like if she were here, she'd be looking at us like, no, you don't, don't look at me incredulously. During the Beijing Olympics, they were worried about rain and they said, don't worry about it. Our office of weather manipulation will take care of it. They literally have an office of weather control. I don't know what it's called in Chinese. She had a name for it. Fitz did. But she's like, it's in the congressional record. Uh, Harry Truman was experimenting with it after World War II. This is not this is not something that's up for debate. Whether the chemtrails is a question, but the fact that they're manipulating the weather is not. So her name is according to Fitz. Her name is Elsie Van Hamelen from Van Hamelen Consulting. And you can find her on YouTube. She doesn't have very many videos, and she doesn't have very many subscribers. But thank you for... Uh, Eltsy with a Z. Th- thank you for finding her name. She deserves some notice here, Eltsy. That, she's a great interviewer. She's obviously on a crusade here to try and help people understand what's going on to survive the not the coming apocalypse but the one that's actually developing around us right now the ongoing the apocalypse, ongoing apocalypse <laughs> the controlled demolition of our world yeah so elsie thank you for doing that interview with fitz this is just such a great starting point for everybody to begin their research on a variety of topics let me really quickly just kind of run through how this started they, they do a little bit of introduction, but where, where Catherine Fitz explains where she came from. But about three minutes in, they talk about what Fitz calls the going direct reset. Now, that's not a term that the oligarchy has attempted to brand. What they have been branding is called the great reset. And you nothing? And you'll be happy. Yeah, and and Bobby's talked about this on the podcast, and he he and I were maybe discussing talking about the 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 Great Reset a little bit on today's podcast. But then I thought of this interview, and I said, no, we need to talk about the going direct reset, and we need to, you need to listen to this interview. And this interview could could be the basis for an ongoing discussion of podcasts for the next many weeks because she hits so many important topics. But Fitz doesn't want to talk about the Great Reset unless we talk about it in the context of the going direct reset, which she explains that in August of, was it 2018 or 2019, there was a Federal Reserve Bank meeting where they decided to go direct and or where they were going to complete their plans to go direct. Is this where she's talking about the guy who got mad at the boss? And he's he said, I had to do it. Because it's the law. No, that's uh, that's a little later on. Uh, that was about 23 minutes into it. Uh, the cabinet member, this is a, a United States ca- of America executive branch cabinet member who said to somebody who was trying to obey the law, he said, I report to a higher moral authority. Right. I don't care about the law. And of course, that was one of those veil pulled back on the oligarchy moments. She has, she has In this interview, she has several points where she says the it was like the veil was pulled back 
And I saw, and uh, reflecting upon it later, she's able to piece together certain aspects of what happened. Uh, it's interesting. This is so similar to the Book of Mormon. In the Book of Mormon, when in the Book of Helaman, which follows Alma, that's where we start to get the discussion about the secret combinations or the secret conspiracies that take over the Nephite government or had previously taken over the Nephite government and they were finally finding out about them. The reason that Helaman knew about the secret combination and about Kishkuman and Gadianton was because his servant was there. Somebody reported on it. But there are later points in the book where they just say, we don't know. Murdered by an unknown hand is a term that, that comes out. They, we don't know who did it. But at that point, they knew something about it. This is Catherine Austin Fitz, guys. She is the servant of Helaman. Right. Okay? She was in the meetings. Ezra Taft Benson, to a large extent, was the servant of Helaman in the meetings. He was a, right. an apostle of the LDS Church who was simultaneously the Secretary of Agriculture in the Eisenhower administration and actually spent time in Russia trying to help them with their agriculture during a time that we were supposed to be like mortal enemies. Right. Okay. So the, we have some of these servants of Helaman that have come back and reported the signs and the, the tokens and, and the, some evidences of the secret combination. And if we will not admit that that's going on, and if we are unwilling to reconcile it with it, we're damned because of it. We're destroyed because of it. So, right. so here she is. She, she's had, she's, making the, the anyway i've heard her talk a lot i've i've definitely listened to and studied Catherine austin fitz's material to a to a very significant extent but i'm again i'm telling you listeners this particular interview is worth your time because of its overview summary nature maybe we can get her on the show you know i think that she actually might be willing to come on the show at some point i'd love to get a bigger audience to be able to say, Hey, we've got, you know, more people that we, we could help in, you could help influence. But she, mm -hmm. she indicates in this interview that she doesn't talk to mainstream press. She right. only talks to people, right. To regular people. Right. Well, because she knows she, I think she makes the comment that the mainstream press are going to twist and turn and not only that she's interested in helping people. Right. That's what's so that's, I think that's sincere. I actually think she's genuine. So I think, ignoring her and this is what kind of scares me about listening to her is that she she makes comments about and around the invisible unseen stuff that is almost so outlandish like weather modification or like um invisible weapons right and entrainment it's almost it's almost on the fringe to the point where you're like an invisible weapon. I don't want to like go there. Like what? Virus? Yeah. Well, she lumps the the virus in there. She calls this COVID nineteen, <clears throat> this pandemic, uh, marketing. 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 Yeah. But see, Bobby, there's we've talked about this. There are a lot of conspiracy theories out there, and that doesn't make them wrong. Just because it's a theory, it doesn't make right. them wrong. But there's a there's a wide gradation a variation a spectrum of theories some seem plausible others seem 
implausible. Well, I think some of them are out there planted sort of to make all conspiracy theories seem absurd. Right. They'll lump in something absurd with something that's almost almost uh, undeniably true and say it's all the same. Yeah, it's all the same. And then it's just a conspiracy theory, so you should just dismiss it out of hand. There's the tinfoil hat guys, right? They always like to say tinfoil hat guys. But after you listen to Fitz, you think, how do I block the brainwaves? <laughs> you literally are thinking, how do I block? That's, that's where the tinfoil hat thing comes from. Right. Then there's like things like the shape-shifting lizard men overlords. Right. Like you, you got, there's the underground cities. There are people that believe there are, there are underground cities that they're tunneling under the United States. They're, they they talk about Elon Musk and his aspirations to build all these tunnels and stuff, which is yeah, the Boring Company. Yeah, he, literally, there's a company called the Boring Company that is all about building tunnels. Boring tunnels. And of course, he's got a space company. And so, what is Elon Musk? Is he like the face, like a, a Playboy face of the oligarchy? I think he's the, definitely an alien. <laughs> okay. Well, his girlfriend is an alien for sure. Or uh, ex-girlfriend. Takes one to know one. Yeah. <laughs> is that from uh, Men in Black? <laughs> yeah. See, Men in Black is a great movie. It could be an admission movie. <laughs> and it it just might be. I mean, we, I, I, don't, I don't think that it's outlandish to say that there are supernatural forces in the world. And I think that, 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 are they aliens in the, in the weird kind of funny men in black sense? Probably not, but that doesn't mean people aren't uh, possessed by supernatural forces. Right. And then you've got, uh, they live. Did you end up watching that or just parts of it? Just parts. You don't need to watch it. It's not, but the the premise of it is that there are people living among us. Right. And he, the glasses that he has show him who's who. That's called discernment. That's a gift from God, by the way, those of right. you that are spiritual people out there. But so you can, you don't need to go find the glasses. You can pray to God to get the glasses, the, the, the figurative glasses. But when Catherine Fitz talks about a parallel advanced society, I think those were her words. Do, do we just, <laughs> what, what do we make of that? A parallel advanced society. I think, I mean, look, there's tons of movies, books, stories out there about secret societies, secret combinations, cabals, cartels, whatever you want to call them. And we we eat those alive. She 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 brings up Stanley Kubrick's Eyes Wide Shut. I've never seen that. I never have either, but she she I kind of know the basic premise of it. Basically, it's that there's secret combination of elite people that perform rituals and manipulate the world. Which is probably accurate. And well, we know it's accurate because they they tell us that they do. We know that there's this governors of the Federal Reserve, for example. We know that there's the Davos Forum. They 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 praise it every year. They, well, and then there's those pictures of uh, Klaus Schwab and the guys in their black robes, right, participating in some sort of a ritual. Like that's out on the right. internet, right? Now, is it as nefarious as sometimes it's purported to be? I don't know. But I know that the, the, the fruits, question. the fruits, the fruits of it are nefarious in the sense that it's all designed to destroy our liberty, to control us, to eliminate sovereignty, to yeah, then not then, only sovereignty of nations but the sovereignty of families and of individuals. Yeah, but you're kind of pussyfooting around it. 
if can we even say that that that's a that's a reference to a cat to the feline foot not <laughs> yeah that's okay. an old term i don't know that term yeah i don't know that you could say we, that I, I, I don't hear people say that but uh tiptoe tiptoe is the modern <laughs> way to say that because uh, <laughs> you've ever watched a cat sneak up on something it, t- it kind of walks tiptoeing it's a cat foot a pussy foot okay right. but the, the, okay so that's how far gone our society is you're you're tiptoeing around it. You say I don't know. No, the answer is absolutely one hundred percent. That's well, wrong. Right. That's uh, sure. Don't, but what I don't we know, need to I expose it, and I we need to shout it down. I don't know if it's like people cutting open pigs and swimming in their blood and things like that, or it, babies, it, right? Or babies. It probably is. There's some really disturbing uh, accounts in the Book of Mormon where they were sacrificing young kids, eating and, the flesh and, of girls and. And who children. who was doing it? Well, the the secret combination, and I think that it was the Nephites, right? Once they became the secret combination and, and fell beyond, no, it was way beyond after redemption. That. <laughs> yeah, that was, was like right at the end, right? And who's to say that that and they but they were doing it ritualistically. It wasn't just that they were cannibals. It was a ritual, and I think that that does occur in our. I mean, look at look at I. This entire pandemic has been a large, the largest. Ritual. The largest scale child sacrifice we've ever seen. Ritual. Ritualistic child sacrifice. Je- the- and, and you're saying, what, what are you talking about, Bobby Flood? Well, let's who's, go back. Who's paying the price? Who's, who's paying the price the most do for you, this? It's young people. Do you know what Holocaust means? Yeah. What does it mean? It means, um, I forget. Ritual fire sacrifice. Do you, that's what we call the, the German killing of... All the Jews, we right. call it the Holocaust. Let me read from the the etymology dictionary: sacrifice by fire, burnt offering. Okay, right. there's my mic drop moment. All of you people out there, did you not know that that's what the Holocaust was? You know, why do they call it the Holocaust? Well, people were burned. No, they not. Well, there was some that were burned in furnaces. Others okay, died in slave camps. They I, were I some were gassed. I don't know. I don't know why they call it either, except that they want to tell you in the public schools that it was a ritual sacrifice without you knowing that it's a ritual sacrifice. That is entrainment. Yeah, that is. That's an interesting thought. That's that's called neuro linguistic programming. That's an element of entrainment that Trombley didn't bring up with Catherine Fitz. But there's again, there's a montage in the Focus movie. Really good when they pull this caper on this guy and win two million dollars on a bet, where he picks the the guy. You know, he picks the personality that he was supposed to because they've they've subliminally 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 where they have subliminally influenced him. Right. You people out there, you live in the matrix. You live in the matrix. You live in the world that has been pulled over your eyes and the levels of manipulation are so great and we rarely have a... I mean, we we, we dance, we tiptoe, we pussyfoot around this on our podcast all the time because we're trying to be as accurate, as rational people ought to be. We're, we're trying to be accurate and not give you... <laughs> Well, we don't have to be accurate. We're, just try, we're trying to be accurate, right? We're, we're trying to not like... Sure. Float away into the realm of, of irrelevance, right? 
Right. We want to we want to have a conversation that is helpful. And a, and sometimes you have to confront the evil. Right? We need to waste and wear out our lives exposing the hidden things of darkness wherein we know them and can can avoid them. I don't I don't remember how that ends in DNC 123. But we're 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 dealing with <laughs> I, I just thought about it. some serious to light to lighten here. the mood a little bit. There was a great example of I don't know if we call it entrainment or brainwashing, but there was a NASCAR or some kind of car race over the weekend. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? F Biden. Yes. F Biden. So F there's Biden. this trend out there at sporting events. F Joe Biden. F. They say the word right. F and the Joe word is Biden. spelled F U C K. In case you're wondering, and there's this <laughs> winner of this race is being interviewed, and he's saying, you know, whatever. Oh, it still feels so good to win. Oh man, this is great. And the reporter says, yeah, the crowd is chanting, and they cut to the crowd, and you can very clearly hear them saying, F Joe Biden. And the reporter says, yeah, there they are chanting, Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> Because that's the driver's name. What does the driver do at that point? He's just, I don't even think he, he dawns on him. He's on a... This oh, he won, fight. right? He so won he's the like, race. So he's like, I'm the king of the world. Now, I'll <laughs> cut the reporter some slack because it can be hard to hear. She's got a producer in her ear. She's got the crowd noise. She's got the noise of the track. But, but what's the percentage chance she didn't know what they were saying? It's so obvious, though, that... It, it, she's either ignorant and really thought they were chanting "Let's go, Brandon," or it was a masterstroke, manipulative, telling you that two plus two is five. There are four lights. <laughs> there are four lights. So "Let's go, Brandon" became this trending rallying cry, and it's become pretty funny. <laughs> but it was this, but this moment is where common, that, that's right? The this press, is though. this is common in sports stadiums now because the sporting. Public right. is seems to be, and by the way, let me just take this one moment to say, well, hey, become, watch for the pendulum to swing back because we're right now. We think, we think that it's the left that's going to run this country into the ground. But if they start a war with China, it's not the leftist kids that are going to go sign up. It's going to be the the Trump loving American kids. And it, I'm I'm serious. If they're here. Well, it's going to be the girls too, right? Because right. they're going to draft the girls now. Is that is that not law now? Didn't they just pass a law that they're going to draft young women? I heard something about okay. that. Okay, we got we to gotta check up on our facts here. But the point is, watch for the pendulum to swing hard back to what we con consider to be quote-unquote conservative right. as they rip this country from limb from limb, tear it into its constituent right. parts, and start a war with China, and we got Chinese and Russian and UN troops on our soil. Right. In the meantime, let's go, Brandon. <laughs> okay. We're living in a false reality. It, well, I was talking about this with a, an acquaintance. Uh, and anyway, everything is fake. Especially if it's on the TV. <laughs> everything is fake. Like it, nothing. What can, what can you, I mean, we have a whole episode called what is, what is real? I think it was one of our first episodes. Well, and the, we, we started podcasting around the time of the January 6th riot. It was, and it was this in is December. Yeah. Right, before that. This is, this is important. That was a scripted event. It's come out yeah. that there was a lot of FBI involvement. Uh, we, we linked to that professor of political psychology, uh, protest psychology that works for the postgraduate naval school, right? Who said there were three different factions of right. 
agitators. Agitators, provo- agent provocateurs there. It was, he a, was scripted, a primary source account. It was a scripted event. Scripted event that was worse than 9-11. <clears throat> and this is why I brought up the Holocaust, because they... <laughs> you just plowed right through that. It, it didn't even phase you. Okay, go ahead. Unwind. I, no, I just said it's a scripted event worse than 9-11. <laughs> That's the talking point. We just passed the 9-11 20th anniversary. Do you want me to say I disagree? <laughs> and people were saying, people were legitimately saying, pe- not just people, but like politicians, like elected people in it Congress was, were saying, Bobby, this it is, was worse. This is worse than 9-11. It was worse because 9-11 was a scripted event. It was, but and a lot this of, one but 3,000 3, innocent people died. Right, and in this case, it was way worse because it was not nearly as effectively pulled off well, sure. as 9-11 but was. It, it but was as worse. as far as it trauma was, and death and destruction. It was worse in that, it was worse in that sense. It was but worse if you were AOC <laughs> who claims you were there but weren't there. My point is that you live in a false reality and they, you, are the, you are the extras. You need to start thinking of yourself as one of the main characters. They are using us as extras in their script, in their play. And yeah. everybody that went up to the Capitol that walked into it. They were an extra in the script. There was a point, I used to be the Republican chairman, or the chairman of our Republican caucus in our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And this sure was... that went well. Well... <laughs> it, for you. <laughs> I failed. I failed. This was the year that uh, Orrin Hatch and Mitt Romney were running. Was it 2012? 2010. I can't remember. 12 was when Romney went up against Obama. As the nominee, but he Romney ran in '08, but didn't get the nomination. That was the McCain. Okay, so it must have been 2010 to 2012 ish, or something like that. But this was the year that Orrin Hatch made certain that he didn't get relieved from his duties in such an ignominious way as Bob Bennett did. Remember, after after uh, Obama got elected in 2008, people started to wake up, and there was this movement called the Tea Party movement, mm-hmm. which got corrupted. But a lot of people started to learn about the underpinnings of American liberty, me being one of those, starting to learn the real story of our country and Mm -hmm. started to recognize that we never should have voted for John McCain. It was always Ron Paul that was the the last best chance for America and the principles of real liberty that would help us to take our country back, take our lives back, take our take our states back. Well, the vaccine's how you get your lives back. Okay. <laughs> it's safe and effective. Okay, see how they do this? <laughs> I, yeah, it's almost absurd. It's like we can't even go on because we, we can't help but in, uh, remember that. Well, anyway, <laughs> I remember r- realizing, mm. like, I, I, they somebody nominated me to be, be the chairman again, and... and Orrin, the Orrin Hatch campaign had spent a ton of money. They, number one, they paid the Republican. Well, Bennett got ousted in the in the Tea Party, right? So we, it's worth you started to mention that, but it's yeah. worth saying he got he got. And I was at the convention where he was ousted, and, and I saw Orrin Hatch. I walked and right he got next primaried. to him. Yeah, Be, uh, Bennett, Bennett was did. ousted in the primary. And that's the and reason been why a we have senator for like thirty years or right, something. That's the reason why we have these count your vote laws now, or whatever that we've got in Utah, where they, where there's another path besides the primary to get on the ticket. Mm-hmm. That's because of the Bob Bennett episode. They didn't right. want real, you really can never have have that happen again. Right. They didn't want the informed public to. Who was it that was it? Mike Lee became a senator. Right. It was Mike Lee that bumped him. Yeah, and he, you know, 
he seems to be okay, but I, he's not our savior, guys. Well, he did say that Trump was like unto Captain Moroni. Oh, did he? <laughs> <laughs> well, Captain Moroni was never our savior and neither was Donald Trump. <laughs> Captain Moroni was a far cry better than Donald Trump. Uh, he a man, a man of perfect understanding. Yeah, not even in the same category. Sorry, Mike. But He said he got carried away. Yeah, and don't get me on Captain Moroni because I've got a whole long spiel there that's really actually kind of interesting. Maybe for our, that's maybe that's what I'll do for our our email subscribers. By the way, we have a an email subscriber list to rival the size of the the province of Manitoba. Mm-hmm. Maybe getting close, or maybe a fraction of that, but we're we're getting a few email subscribers. A few more thousand subscribers, and we can sell the list to Google for a lot of money. Maybe <laughs> a few more hundred thousand subscribers. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll uh, send out my thoughts on Captain Moroni to the list. Hmm. Yeah, we do need to start utilizing that. I think it'd be a good way to add some extra content. Yeah. If you like that idea, like, comment, and subscribe. <laughs> am I get? Am I getting this? Well, we need to use the alpha waves, the the subliminal. The newsletter is safe and effective. Yeah, it's how you get your life back. How you get your brain back. Um, going back to the caucus, right? Come on, you guys know you knew what we were when you picked this. Tangent unwound. Tangent unwound. Yeah, Bob Bennett was just, and he was shocked. Shocked, and 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 he, Orrin Hatch he never saw it coming. Orrin Hatch looked like he was death warmed well, over. Like I Hatch walked, was I walked past get, that guy, and he was pale as a white sheet. He was going to get ousted too. The it, minute it was going to happen. The minute Bennett lost that primary, Hatch started campaigning, and they very oh, they're so smart. This is the thing: the secret combination is so smart. And I've been playing the part of an extra for many years at many points in my life. The guy who just had no idea what was going on, and w- the two years later, this is how they set it up: they paid the Republican Party, they gave them, um all the money to promote the caucuses because everybody that's like a civic person, you know, they're, they're always struggling to get the regular Joes out. Come on, come out and participate in the process. We need good people who, cause, cause the idea is somehow that if, if they could just get more of the regular Joes out, they would vote for something sane. They would stop the March of tyranny because they all want Sanity. Well, it turns out they've been very well entrained by the mainstream media, and the Hatch campaign knew that, and so it's it's generally these the more political active uh, people that get informed. When you, when you start to get informed, it doesn't take very much. Once you start to turn over a few rocks, you see the corruption, and then you go, "Oh yeah, I can see why Ron Paul, or I can see why this or that." But it, there's a there's a certain level of understanding you have to be willing to. Un, uh, attempt to obtain you have to you have to spend some time and and interview some people and have a little bit of experience if you're just barely starting off you think you know because you've watched the news <laughs> you think you know what's going on but no you've been entrained and so the hatch campaign let's go brandon the, the hatch campaign knowing full well that this is the case gave the republican party a bunch of money and said okay this is for promoting the caucuses buy signs send mailers and so they start sending out mailers and uh 
putting up signs for just the regular Republican people that are uninformed. They're only informed by the news media, right? Right. I remember multiple times getting a a poster-sized postcard that had these words on it. Now, remember, Mitt Romney did not become president, but it said, I'm Mitt Romney, and I'm going to need Orrin Hatch to be the Senate Judiciary Chairman when I become president. Right. Okay? I must have gotten five or six of those. Those were really expensive postcards. And that came out right around the time of the caucus. And that's, that's in the spring, right, when the primaries are going on or right before the primaries, when they're deciding who's going to be in the primary. And then the, the linchpin, the, the, the coup de grace, as they say, the Hatch campaign got the Mormon church to make an announcement from the pulpit that everybody, the, the Mormon church has traditionally said, get it, they'll do, they, they had a traditional uh, vanilla boilerplate letter they would read every year that says, it's political season. Uh, we recommend you get involved, and we don't take a side. Right. Okay, but what they did this year was they said we encourage you to go to the caucuses. They're on this date. We've canceled every church activity on this yep, date. I remember that. And we want you guys to get out and go participate in the caucus. So there were way more people than normal at the caucus. And I made the mistake, playing the part of an extra in the movie that I'm caught up in, I made the mistake of being honest at the caucus. As the chairman, I told him everything that was going on, and somebody nominated me, and you know, I ran the meeting just you know, as if we're, you know, everything's popcorn and lollipops and, and bunny rabbits. And I, I was asked by the people, um, you know, we want you to, to, there were several people nominated to be the chairman of the neighborhood caucus. And so they asked us questions and I said, yeah, I, you know what, for, for various reasons, I think Ron Paul is the best candidate, not Mitt Romney. And, you know, I definitely don't think Warren Hatch needs to be there. He's been, I, I called him a king man. I said, he's been a senator since I was a very young boy. That is not appropriate. He needs to be gone and we need to get somebody else in there that can represent Utah. And Person by person, I could name their names, got up, and what did they say as they spoke? Because, you know, there's... Dis- Mitt Romney's going to need Orrin Hatch to be the Senate <laughs> Judiciary Chair. <laughs> That's exactly what they said. One after the other. Like clockwork, they got up and said, well, we need Mitt Romney in there. We, or we need Orrin Hatch because Mitt Romney's going to need him to be the Senate Judiciary Chair. And, oh, I don't think Ron Paul and, oh, you know, they'd get up, and but they would by verbatim quote the postcard. Hey, who's the... Uh... And but the story's not finished. At the end, this is how much money they had. The Romney and Hatch campaigns, and I think it's the Hatch campaign, had so much money that they had two missionary-like looking young men in the back that the minute the vote was taken and it was clear I was no longer the chairman, which was strange. That's what, That was the lightning strike for me because I was like... Um, who cares whether I'm chairman or it's not about me. Right. But the minute that the vote was taken and it was clear this other guy was going to be the chairman, these guys looked at each other, kind of mentally high-fived each other, smiled, smirked at each other, and they left the room. And I was like, it was like a bolt of lightning. It was like, oh my gosh, do you realize what just happened to you? Hey, I, who- should have, I should have kept my mouth shut. I should have said something like, well, I'm not going to, 
I'm not sure exactly who I'm going to vote for, but I can rest assured that I'll care about your input and vaccines are safe and effective. Who, uh, and I'd like to thank the people that make it rain. Who, who, so Senator Hatch served that last term and retired. Who, who replaced him as the senator of the great state of Utah? I can't remember. I've retired from politics. I retired at that moment. But there's a name that you're looking for. Uh, there's some BYU football players that have a similar name. They're brothers from Arizona. Um, oh, the uh, baseball glove guy. Rawlings? Mitt. Oh, Mitt. Okay. Mitt Romney became, became the, the senator. senator for Utah and replaced Orrin secret combination Hatch. Yeah, after Orrin Hatch retired. Hmm. Curiouser and curiouser. <laughs> Let's go. Well, anyway, Brandon. I'd like to I'd like to thank the people that make it rain. But that idea, that chant, that let's go, Brandon, it quickly became and is becoming this sort of like the reason I keep saying it is because it's it's so fake. And they and you've just shared a story how the, our political process is not what it seems to be. It's fake. It's manipulated. But see, I was the only one in the room that saw that. Of course you were. And here I am shouting to the an audience the size of the province many, of Winnipeg. How many rooms have you and I been in over the last couple of years where we're the only one without a mask? People aren't awake to this. They're being entrained. They're being lulled to sleep. They're being hypnotized. There's mass hypnosis going on in the world. And you think, you know, you think, oh, well, no, no. How can I be mass hypnotized when I'm terrified of this virus? <laughs> I'm clearly awake. Well, okay. So this Catherine Fitz interview is, is excellent. I think, um, I the think one, you should all watch it. The one area that the, the interview and also this PDF document from 10 years ago. Well, was, you can listen to the, the P, yeah, that's the a, PDF it's a transcript. transcript. Yeah. But what I they, listened to what it. They don't do is get into specifics about how or where or examples of of entrainment happening and i guess that that's hard to do because it's so subtle but well, I, I tried to give you some very specific right ancillary and i think we ideas. can i think we there's things we can look at that Ka catherine fitz talked about pornography specifically <clears throat> how right well, well i'm sorry i'm cutting you off no 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 do, what did you want to say well, I just think we, we've tried to go over some examples. And I think you could probably all, if you turn on the news, especially like primetime news, like like evening news hour, watch for a half an hour, you're going to see it. Okay, well, look, if you love Jesus, if you think you love Jesus, right? If you think you love God and truth and wisdom, we talked about this last week, right? If you think you're one of the good people and you know there's a war for your mind going on cuz what else is there besides your mind what are you going to take with you to the beyond right you don't get to take your cars you don't get to take your your uh accolades you don't even get to take your family for the most part when you leave people go by themselves right you you take you keep your relationships but you don't you don't take them in the sense that you would think well that's so yeah when like you, if you're a kid, if you're if if you're a kid, remember you're equal to your father in the Lord's eyes, perhaps greater. We don't know where you came from before, right? You need to contemplate where you came from before. Well, I think about the we've talked about the weighing of the heart ceremony. That ceremony, the person, the deceased, is walking through that corridor hallway alone. They don't they don't have their 
their family and friends with them to help them. It's that's what them. I'm saying. It's them alone, at least for that process. And then, you know, if they're the interview with God, right? The, the, there's a, a show we've referenced a few times, Defending Your Life, which is all about this. Right, Albert Brooks, right. Mer- Meryl Streep. But yeah, you're, you don't, you don't <clears throat> take that with you. It's just you. It's your mind. And so if you are an independent person, I'm not saying you people think you're independent, so act like it. I'm saying you have to ask yourself if you really are an independent person. Right. You need to consider the fact that you might not be. And so you look at your day and you say, I, today, how am I going to avoid being controlled? And then look for how you're being controlled. Right. That's what we're talking about. Because that's what well, just, M- Morpheus that, explains it to Neo. It's the world that has been pulled over your eyes. It's a world meant to distract you from who you really are, from the reality. And it meant to get you to support it, to give it your life's energy. Are you f- playing with fre- waves? Frequencies, yeah. The, the, Can you hear some waves? Just disturbed the... Uh... Well, we, we, we try not to hammer this COVID stuff, but there's never been, I don't think there's ever been a mind control campaign on this massive scale. You know, we've talked about the propaganda. We've talked about the lies. This is big and we're being controlled every day to the point where we've, we've made decisions about whether or not we go have Christmas dinner or Thanksgiving dinner or where we travel, or who we associate with. Or whether Dr. With. Fauci should even be able to tell us whether we should be able to do that or not. He's out there again saying, it's too early to tell if we can have Christmas this year. It's like, what? what? No, it's not. It's not too early to tell. <laughs> we can have Christmas this year, just like we did last year. So he he's remarkable. He's also said it's not okay to get sick. You see how they, they're manipulating us. They're, they're training us and training us to become mindless hypochondriacs who only do what they tell us to do and only do what we are allowed to do. If we push back, well, if you're in Australia, you get beat up by the cops or other parts of the world. France has had some, some protests where the police are beating up people. Like this is coming to a neighborhood near you. Well, it's happened on the coasts. There've been, right. I, we remember the videos last year of women being led off of uh, high school football stadium Mm -hmm. bleachers in Mm -hmm. handcuffs because they weren't wearing masks. So we're all being controlled and we we've got to break out of that because we, we can take back the control mechanisms. We can turn off the TV. It's interesting. You you've mentioned this before. Catherine Austin Fitz points out that her audience are not TV watchers. And then this podcast host or this interview host says, I don't watch TV either. And I think that that's one of the easiest ways to break out of the, the mind prison is just to turn off the TV, at least in, in the sense of watching it mindlessly day in and day out and just absorbing all of those lies, all of those lies. Especially it's, the news. Right. The cable, news, cable the news, number cable, one news. Cable the, television in general. rid of the news. And then I would take a look at some of the shows you watch. Look, we all love movies and, and TV shows and music. But watch them with the sense, or at least the knowledge that, what is this trying to make me think? What is this trying to make me do? What you realize of just about everything that we're being told is a lie, things start to make a little more sense. Mm-hmm. And you can watch them and say, you know, there's a, there's a, 
there's a meme that's developed from the Mad Max Fury Road movie, right. which is just a two-hour car chase with like a, th- a thousand cars. Like Charlize Theron and Tom Hardy, right? Yeah, and Tom Hardy says, and this has become a meme, but he says, that's bait. Meaning, you know, he recognizes like, that's a trap, right? Mm-hmm. Cap Admiral Akbar, Akbar, it's a trap. Oh, yeah. You know, right? <laughs> that's Star Wars. Yeah, I switched okay. lanes yeah. there. The nerds among I got us it. got it. I, I had to point it out for the non-nerds. <laughs> I, I quoted Dune on Twitter, and someone said, you're too stupid to quote Star Trek. And I said, well, that's fine. <laughs> I quoted Dune. <laughs> By the way, the Dune... The, the, <laughs> The Dune movie uh, looks good. I'm looking forward it to this. It looks good. Have but, you read Dune? Uh-huh. I've read okay. the first book. I haven't read it. I've I enjoy the concept and have seen some of the movies. It's intriguing to me. The Is it, it worth reading the book? The the book is slow. I have it if you want it. I I also listen to it, but it's good. It's really good. It's really good. But it's not like um it's not a popcorn story. Like you got to think. Is it thick? Not too bad, but there's a whole bunch of them. I've only read the first one. Does it get you through the the end of the 1984 movie? The, the I don't remember the one with, with Sting. Sting in it. Yeah, I don't remember. And I think this upcoming one. It's like a two part one to get us to that point, right? Because they so, yeah. There's the point where they finalize the conflict on Arrakis, and that's right. what you want to get to. But if you go into these movies and these these TV shows and everything, knowing that. You're being, you're trying to be manipulated. There's always an angle or, or some agenda, right? It's never just for pure entertainment, unless you're listening to the Mind Virus Dot Show. <laughs> <laughs> and look for those things. Look for, like, you know, most people that go watch Free Guy, movie that we both really enjoyed and we're going to do a deeper dive on soon. Most people will go and watch that and go, I, <laughs> Ryan, Red, Ryan Reynolds is awesome. Ryan Reynolds is awesome. It was funny how that that's guy, that Ryan Reynolds guy smashed the Ryan Reynolds guy yeah, at the end. Wasn't that funny that when, when he plays he, the two parts? And that's uh, fine because Ryan Reynolds is a funny actor. He's he does he's he's good. You all remember him from shows, famous shows like Green Lantern, right? Probably probably only one out of twenty people in the theater looks at it and says, "Oh wow, look at that! That's stories about a." An NPC who was sound asleep, living a horrible life, being controlled and manipulated, and didn't even realize that there was this entire universe right in front of his face, that if all he had to do was see it, he could interact with it and improve his station and take back his liberties. And change his world. Yeah, change the world. From one of Grand Theft Auto, where he's being robbed every day at the bank. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Yeah, being robbed at the bank. By the elite, the oligarchy, <laughs> who control the world. The parallel advanced society. And also, along the way, while he's saving the world, he also communes with his creator and creates and ascends. Transcends. To a heavenly realm. Hmm. No spoilers. He might. Anyway. <laughs> if they can. Go see it. If they can overcome we'll see it because the evil I think character. I would like to do our deeper dive on that soon because I think it's it's relevant still. It's still somewhat new, and it's a really fun and good movie. Entrainment can be a good thing. I don't know. 
Well, they talk about that in in that it can be used Fight for fire positive. with fire. It can be used for positive things. Like I think they mentioned Bach. I think listening to Bach is an uplifting experience. Okay, but that's sort of a. But it's the same principles. It's the same principle, but yeah, you're using the power of light and sound in a positive way that's going to help you understand the actual reality. Well, that's the problem. If you're using entrainment to promote a false reality. Sure, sure. But that's the, entrainment's just a tool. It's just a word for a lot of different things going on, right? And some problem, of it are physics. Some of it's just plain physics. Yeah. The problem with, um, th- this is a slippery slope because it becomes... Y- your Bobby's idea of what the actual reality is. It's like, hey, I'm going to use entrainment. If you want to use it on yourself, that's great. But when you start to say to somebody else, I'm going to manipulate you. Right. Uh, but step into my manipulation chamber here and let's change Let's change your brainwaves to go towards what I think the real reality well, is. That's, that's a what, problem. That's what these jackals in the government are doing right now yeah, to us. That's the whole, that's the whole you basis. You'll own nothing and you'll be happy. Right. The whole basis of the esoteric journey, the hero's journey, the hermetic vision is that the hero must confront his true self. I don't think that's something that shows up in Joseph Campbell. Yeah, that's wonderful. I I don't think it's something that shows up in Joseph Campbell's uh, hero's arc, but this issue of the hero confronting his true self is a really, really important element of the journey. He needs to know who he really is. There are a couple of uh, there are a couple of literary devices. Well, I guess it's one literary device, but it shows up in two particular points in in literature that I want to point out. One was Never Ending Story. If you you saw that when you were a kid, that was a great show. It's great for kids. the The kid is reading the book, and and there's one point where the hero has to go past two sent two sets of sentinels mm-hmm. he has to be pure in heart and then he has to face his true self and he looks in the mirror and he's that's that's the 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 extent of the trial is he actually looks in the mirror and has to confront his true self right uh another one of these usages of the mirror actually it shows up in the matrix but right before neo goes into the matrix i hadn't thought of this one so i've got another one but yeah the the matrix shows it and he's got a cracked mirror that he's looking into that be that converges into a single mended mirror and then he goes down the rabbit hole and he so he sees himself in fact he puts his finger in the mirror and the mirror the true self consumes him and then he goes down the rabbit hole in harry potter it's called the mirror of erised which is desire spelled backwards and in that it's in the first book, the Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. It's called the Philosopher's Stone in other, in England and in, in other places that it was released. I like that better, that it's the Philosopher's Stone. Philosophia meaning love of wisdom, okay? He, he ends up finding this mirror, and he looks into it, and it shows you what you desire. And so Harry sees himself with his parents. Uh, Ron looks into it and he sees himself as the Quidditch champion, mm-hmm. the head boy. He's got all the girls. Doesn't really say that, but you can imagine what Ron's mirror looked like. Right. Dumbledore catches him looking into it and he warns him not to keep looking in the mirror. He says, many people lose themselves looking in this mirror, mirror the mirror of Erised, the mirror of desire. And they ask Dumbledore, well, what do you see when you look in the mirror? And he says, well, I see myself holding a pair of warm 
woolen socks. So Dumbledore's desires are far less in the way as, say, Harry's and Ron's. But, but Dumbledore does go on to say, he says, look, the, the happiest man in the world would look into the mirror and see only himself. And at the end of that book, spoiler alert, if you don't know the end of Harry Potter right now, you've been living in a cave. The end of chapter one, or, or book one. By the way, there are seven books. And eight movies. That's true. The end of book one, the mirror, you find, plays a massively important role in thwarting the evil one mm-hmm. or in the in the whole process. We, get, we could get into a dissection of Harry Potter. Maybe we'll do that sometime. That would be good. That'd be fun. I got a lot to say on that. But uh, yeah, discovering who you really are, that that's why I, to unwind the tangent, that's why I'm taking a little bit of issue with, you know, using entrainment for good purposes. Yeah, you could use it on yourself. Yeah, we need to have better alpha waves, but it needs to f- help us understand the actual reality and we use it to discover our true selves and where we fit in that actual reality. It's a very much it's very much a temple-oriented idea that the initiate must learn who he is and where he is in the cosmos, right. he or she. Right, and you don't do that by listening to Fox News or CNN or whatever. You don't do that by listening to anybody. No, and they're except what, that all they're promoting is fear. It's all right. agit agitprop, agitation propaganda. Right, and fear, of course, as we know, is the mind killer, and the mind is the only thing you take with you. Therefore, yeah, you you can't be yourself. You're you not can't smart be enough yourself. to quote Star Trek. <laughs> Fear is a mind killer. The fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will let it pass over me and through me. And in the end, when it is gone, I will turn my inner eye to see its path. And only I will remain. Fear is the mind killer. You yeah. see what I'm talking about? See how, yeah, I, but you can't you see quote, how I brought it full circle? You're not smart you enough to quote Star Trek, so stop it. <laughs> Did you see how I brought it full circle to figuring out who you really are? Okay, <laughs> enough. I, I, you <laughs> listeners are smart enough. I, I We you, expect a lot of you, but I wanted to make that... That's Not just Dune. abundantly That's clear. Dune, by the I way. wanted to make it painfully clear. Fear, painfully clear. Fear is the mind killer is Dune. That's the joke. Doom, the video game? Well, it's based on the same universe. <laughs> okay. But yeah, Dune, disco- D- we, this is a theme we come back to week after week after week is, is discovering who you really are, your nature, your hero's journey. And there is a whole host of forces out there, some seen, some unseen, that is trying to stop you from doing that. There's that scene in NeverEnding Story where he goes through the Sentinels and he witnesses a guy before him that gets go destroyed through, back. and the lasers come out of the Sentinel's eyes and just obliterate him. Don't be that guy. But that's what the forces are. There's forces trying to just obliterate you yeah. and to corrupt you. That guy couldn't get through because he wasn't pure in heart. He was probably seeking self-aggrandizement or riches or something right it's like in uh indiana jones in the uh last crusade when he has to go through the the trials right right only the penitent man shall pass only in the name of god only from the the, in the leap the leap from the lion's head the penitent man kneels (laughs) (laughs) yeah he he's his intellect his intellect is tested you know, he has to spell the name of Jehovah. The, the purity of his heart. Yeah. His purity Jehovah of his heart. In Latin. His faith. You know, he takes that step. That's a great scene. And ultimately, he, you know, enters the inner sanctum. Yeah. With the poor old knight. And he gets the Holy Grail. Right. The cup of wisdom. 
what's interesting too about that scene is there are people who come after him who who on his coattails, so to speak, who who go through mm-hmm. the riddle after he has, who are obviously mm-hmm. not pure in heart. Mm-hmm. And well, karma. They're destroyed by it. <laughs> they cannot stand the fire. Right. They fly to pieces like glass. There's also that great scene, which is always terrifying in Raiders of the Lost Ark, where the, the evil Nazi guy, his face melts off of him because oh, yeah. he, you know, he can't bear the presence of God either. Yeah, yeah. Love Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> that, is such a, that film is excellent. That's a good one. Yeah, it was so good. It's so fun. Back when... Back when life was fun and pure, and we were I guess still we being need to try, trained, we need to try to figure out how to make it fun, right? I mean, we're we, we can reconcile with the fact that we're living through the developing apocalypse, and we can either have a good time, Let's knock the mic, off or live table. in fear. I mean, I woke up this morning. I, I'm. It's, well, hard. it's hard. Like I, I like I'm. I'm. It's, we are. We're all battling that that uh, depression. I mean, that, there's a lot of people out there making a lot of fun of all of this. And that's good. Humor is important, right? There's people making fun of Fauci and making fun of the absurdity of all this. But underlying it, there's some pretty nefarious, difficult things. So it can be tough. I'm just saying we need to find joy in life, not just humor in it. Yeah, no, no, but that's one part of it. But I think the joy that we find is like Catherine Austin Fitz says, get these people out of your life as much as you can. Yeah, at the end of the interview, the, again, if you're if you're not going to watch the interview, shame on you. Watch the interview. She at the end of it gives some suggestions. They're not like like the most incredible revelatory suggestions, but they're really good. They're she, really good ideas. She, she also thinks that all of this will fail because the only way they can implement it is through force. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Safe and effective. <laughs> but one way to, I think, to get these people out of your life is what we've already said: turn off the news. But also, go and go do stuff. Go be with your family. Go do these things that they're trying to take away from you. The first thing they tried to take away from us during this pandemic was each other. Don't let them do that. Have Christmas with your family. I hope you did last year too. I'm glad we did because we we lost a family member this year. Not to COVID, just you have to say it that was now. with COVID. <laughs> it wasn't with COVID either, but we had Christmas with that person. We had New Year's, we had Valentine's and Mother's Day, and I'm glad we did because the the governor was telling us not to, and I'm really glad that we ignored that jackass. I'm not even going to co- comment on that comment. Who's it's being man, who's being manipulated by the people, by who, the make people who make it rain? Yeah, this is something I. I want to go down that rabbit hole. Well, we're going to go down want, that rabbit hole. We're going to discuss it. We're going to have to do a little more study because, right. I mean, these are things that I just I've, saw that video for the first time yesterday. I've looked into them, but it's really great to discuss with you, Bobby, because not to blow smoke up your skirt or anything, but I don't have I'm not going to, I'm just not going to pussyfoot around it. Okay. But because you're, don't assume my you're intellectual, you're in, <laughs> wait a minute. Do you want to put some pronouns out right now before <laughs> I keep going? Yeah. My pronouns are bro and bra. Okay, bro. bra bra yeah yo bra it's bro i'm just i'm just saying it's good it's good to be able to to talk um with you about it so you know you kind of we we can uh we can kind of argue through the the rationality of certain ideas because you can watch people's videos online you can watch people you can read what they've said 
and you can assimilate information and you can go bounce it off of your your brother-in-law or somebody who doesn't believe it and say, hey, they're doing chemtrails. And then you, you don't get a really a really good intellectual right. uh, balance out of it. But where, where you're open to the ideas, you know, we and I'm open to the ideas, we can kind of uh, sift through what seems to be more well, outlandish. Almost- but it might, the thing is we could both be wrong. The thing, it could oh, yeah. be way worse than we think. And, and that's what, <laughs> listening to Catherine Austin Fitz, it's like, she always brings me back to like, yeah, it is a lot worse than you think. And you try, because of polite society, you try to not talk right. about these issues. But but we need to go back and thank the people who make it rain. I mean, for heaven's sakes, it's a freaking premiere of Canada's Manitoba province. And he, it wasn't even, he, he, he just... It's like, yeah, I'm I'm going to be done in like two months. Somehow, I'm going to be done in two months, and so I don't have to answer this damn question about the about ivermectin. We're grateful for the vaccines; they're safe and effective. And you know what? I just like to take this opportunity to thank the people in charge because we got a lot of farming going on here, and it was it's a billion dollar problem. And thank you for the rain. Yeah, you are gods to us. I it's, mean, oh it's, my gosh, it's amazing. You all heard it. You all heard it. Go watch it too because you can see his brain kind of working while the caller or the reporter kind of asks her long-winded questions. like, oh, I don't want to talk about that. He's kind of like, oh, he looks at his notes and then it's just like, he doesn't even say, oh yeah, hmm, well, he just immediately this goes into his program This response. isn't Spencer Cox. Look at this dude. This is not your, your high school um, baby-faced student body president or right. college student body president. This is this guy looks like your your stake president, general authority, <laughs> banker, yeah, banker, president of a, a five, Fortune 500 corporation or your grandfather, the guy down right. the street that you, you know, you would talk to if you had a question about business or that you would go to if you wanted to get a loan. Some really successful guy. This is not Spencer Cox. It's not a uh, minor league governor. Right, <laughs> some Sunday podunk, league. some podunk state in the union. You, well, I just thought. I mean, it it is relevant because Spencer Cox is a farmer. Well, he's grateful for the rain. <laughs> oh boy, we went a long time, several weeks, without bringing him up, but we had to bring him up in this one because it was so uh, it was relevant. It was Utah, actually relevant. Utah ranks number forty five. We're we're like the bottom 10 percentile as far as when we joined the union, right? We were, we were the 45th state. They wouldn't let us join. There's only a few states like Hawaii and Alaska and, uh, which aren't even attached. Right. So they're behind us. (laughs) And then is what Arizona and Nevada, maybe there's only a couple more. What was the 50th? Was Hawaii or Alaska the 50th? Um, I don't know. Let's see if I can find a list of states in the union. Yeah, but Utah, it was kind of funny because Utah was sitting there in the middle of the West and you had states already to the East and to the West. We were this whole of Oh, by the way, territory. They, they rank, uh, they do rank the early states. Delaware was number one. They ratified the Constitution first. Then Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Georgia, Connecticut, and Massachusetts, by the way. Those guys were the front runners early on. Hawaii was the last preceded by Alaska, both of them in 1959. There was a long space prior to Hawaii and Alaska because you had Arizona in 1912, New Mexico earlier in 1912, Oklahoma. Now, remember, Oklahoma was Indian territory. Okay, so think about this. 
Tons of people were living in Utah because of the Mormons, okay? Oklahoma was Indian territory, so that means that there's only one thing worse than Mormons, and that's Indians, okay? (laughs) And then desert, which is New Mexico, and desert, which is Arizona, Right. Okay. That's the way it was. And a lot of Utah. In the late 18th. Well, yeah, but Utah Very had arid. the Mormons. We right. had uh, we had actually a population. Right. Okay. Arizona or Nevada, Vegas was nothing. Reno was nothing. Right. Phoenix was nothing. These are just desert wayposts. So the Mormons got admitted last before the Indians and the desert. <laughs> And then you get well, it took, uh, took, Alaska it took, and Hawaii. It took a while to come around and to make all those agreements with the oligarchy. Yeah, it took a while for them to come around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they did under duress. Was Brigham Young already dead? Big time. When did he die? 87? 1887. Yeah, so 1896 is when Utah yeah, becomes so a state. So it was just after he died that they became. They got him out of the way because he was probably a bigger, a big obstacle. I have to check my dates. Yeah, eight, 18, 90, 1877, excuse me. It okay, was 1877. so 20 years later, they became a state. John Taylor came next, you know, then Wilfred Woodruff, Lorenzo Snow. So it was, uh, I think, Lorenzo Snow who was, who was prophet of the church in 1896. I don't, I don't remember. You're going to look it up, though, and I'm going to fill this dead air time with, let's go, Brandon. Dun, 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 dun. That's how you have to do the dun, 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 dun. It was Wilfred Woodruff that was the prophet when the United States finally condescended he, to allow the Mormons to join. He presided over a couple of marquee events, that and also the finishing of the, the temple. temple. Yeah. Which is now being redone. And the manifesto. Right. Which is his big marquee event when he said, it's not in the program for God to allow me or any man who stands at the head of this church to lead you astray. Right. He would take me out. He would shoot me down with a 50 caliber rifle or perhaps allow me to be poisoned by the hand of the Bohemian Club. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, did I say did. that on the podcast? Well, I mean, that's a matter of public record. He died in San Francisco after going and meeting with people over there. The Bohemian Club. Right. In San Francisco. Tell me about the Bohemian Club, Bobby. Okay, that's a topic for a different day. Well, it's just a great restaurant. Okay. <laughs> is it? Is there a restaurant? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> there are some things that we do not want to touch on this podcast, right? <laughs> no, actually, there's not. We're just going in order of priority, what we think is most important. I think we should wrap up the conversation today. Uh, let me just give you some real quick points about what Catherine Fitz talks about. If you don't need, if you if you do need more incentive. She talks about the going direct reset. This is really important. People should understand that the whole idea, the crux of the matter at hand is that the central banks, the bankers, the oligarchy would like to be able to control you by being able to turn off your bank account and your ability to transact with other people. That's coming. That's why you need a COVID passport. That's why you need uh, digital currency is so that they can take, they can make all, all, um, well, look at it. It's a pretty, it's a big headache for employers and governments to say you can't go to work if you don't have the vaccine. And you can see they're getting all kinds of pushback. Well, imagine if all they had to do was turn off your income if you don't have the vaccine. Yeah, that's an early or, or whatever. That's else. an early manifestation of turning off your income. Right. Yeah. So any deplorables, any undesirables, they can have their ability oh, to transact in the oh, economy. You, you turned voted off. for Donald Trump. 
sorry, we're going to dock your pay for three months. Yeah, just every, everybody out there, just do a thought experiment or maybe do a real experiment. Cancel Amazon Prime, first of all, and then cancel Amazon. Don't order from Amazon. See how you, see how you like it when you can't order from Amazon. Well, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Go without your smartphone. Try it. <laughs> Fitz, Fitz at, at the end, she gives some, some advice. She says, what we do is we like to just do Cash Fridays. Use yeah. cash on Fridays. If everybody used cash on Fridays, they would have a hard time getting rid of it. You know what? Can't use cash at the BYU game. Did you know that? Um, no. That's, I think, I that. a, a development this year. When I was at the game a couple of weeks ago, my friend tried to buy something <clears throat> at the... He, he couldn't get his food. He didn't... I, well, no, wait. Did he have his card? He tried to use cash, and they wouldn't let him use cash. Do you remember last year, d- during the early weeks of the pandemic, they tried to tell us there was a coin shortage. Well, they also tried to tell you you could contract COVID because cash is dirty. Yeah. But where did all the coins go? <laughs> that's a good question. We're, I said, we're well, not even I, about I, that, I wish they we? would have asked me. I said, well, that's easy. Just, just open up all those Coinstar machines or whatever they're called. They're, they're in there. It's all in there. Because <laughs> we all converted our coins to cash. Yeah, there, there was some sort of, that, that'd be a good one to investigate. Why was there a coin shortage? And is there still a coin shortage? I still see a few signs now and again, like at gas stations, but I haven't heard that talked about. Yeah. I, you know, that's no longer a, it didn't stick. Well, they certainly want to get rid of cash because they want to make sure that the bankers have direct control. And this, this idea of going direct, she explains it. She says, look, there's always been this idea that government, even though we know it's a scam, there's some sort of a an elected representative that interfaces with the money monopoly. And that's, in our case, the Federal Reserve chairman. So they want to just kind of move that middleman out. She talks through the, the dynamics of that, uh, the central banking warfare model, how, how they work on a supranational versus a national model, and how important the national system is to their, to their enforcement. It is, infor- it, it is important to them. Uh, talks about space, you know, how... China wants to control space and who's China working for and, you know, invisible weapons. It's a great, it's a great overview of the dangers yeah. of the threats that are confronting us and the things that are developing right now. And um, before, we, before we end, I do want to say, I think this is a manifestation of the prophecy on war, which finds itself in the Doctrine and Covenants in section 87, where it says, the days will come when the slaves rise up against their masters, and war will be poured out upon all nations, and the Lord will make an end of all nations. A lot of people think that relates to the Civil War. There was really never much of a slave uprising. And who are the slaves anyway? I think we're seeing that when we, when we hear the F.U. Biden chants, F. Joe Biden, at the, at the sports stadiums. You're starting they, to they see saying, the slaves. Let's go, Brandon. You're starting to see the slaves rise up. And that's why I say watch for the pendulum to swing back because it will be related to war. It, will be, it, it could totally be the Republican side of this that, takes us into, that breaks the pendulum off and takes us into oblivion. We've got to keep our heads clear of the entrainment. We've got to be connected. We have to find our true selves. We have to find our God and, and do the right things. You know, try, try not to be controlled as this whole thing goes down. In the meantime, buy food, buy guns, <laughs> buy bullets. Don't ever give up your guns, right, Australia? Right, New Zealand? Yeah, that gun buyback's looking pretty terrible right now, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Australia Amen. and New Zealand are fallen, are fallen nations. They're, 
they're done. They're not. They're no longer Western democracy. Well, and their slaves are rising up. The people are literally right. trying to. They're protesting and they're getting hammered by by the authorities because they don't Quite have. Literally, yeah. They don't have the. I've the seen some shocking videos it. out of Australia. Apparently, you know. Again, who knows what's Oddly. real? Yeah. But more often than not, these big burly cops are smacking around women. They're they're easy targets. They're going up to women and smacking them around and pinning them up against walls. There's men they're doing it too. There's a remarkable photo we'll put on the website of these four or five cops jamming a mask onto a man for his health. It's for his health, obviously. But yeah, you got to get these people out of your lives. And that might just mean stop letting them have intellectual and moral control over you. Stop listening to them. Stop accepting what they say as fact or even good advice. It's not good advice. It's not fact. It's lies. It's deceptions. And it's designed to kill you. As Alex Jones recently said, start acting like you want to live or else they're going to kill you. <laughs> he's, he's nothing if, if not blunt, right? I heard him on a... I had a converging of worlds where there's this podcast that I like called Nerdrotic when they talk about pop culture and stuff. Nerdrotic? Let me yeah, write that down. Yeah. And then, okay. And then they had Alex Jones on it. It was like this collision of the worlds. It's <laughs> like, what? And he said, start acting like you want to live or else they're going to kill you. <laughs> That's a good Jones. Uh, you get to do the voices. They're turning the frogs gay. <laughs> <laughs> That's the big thing that they had against him, right? Right. Yeah, he's crazy. Right. He's saying they're turning the frogs gay. But I think that's ended up turning out to be true. <laughs> well, they're not just turning the frogs gay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, they're turning the why on the mountain gay. A whole new podcast right there. <laughs> Again. Oh, my gosh. Do we have to have two months? I mean, look, I want to go back. I want to roll back to the Seinfeld, not that there's anything wrong with that, okay? I'm, I'm willing to... To go back to the 90s and you guys can say there's not anything wrong with that and we'll just politely agree to disagree. But do we have to have Gay Pride Month and Gay History Month now? I mean, the blacks only get one month, right? They get Black you, History Month. You have to have it. Yes. That's You concede the point. Yes. You have to have it. <laughs> this podcast <laughs> is over. <laughs> hey, let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Dun, 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 dun. Just remember, guys, there's ever, the reporter, the people, the oligarchy, the powers that be are going to tell, tell you that what's really being said is let's go, Brandon. And they but, think they, they've got tons of people on their side that think they're doing God's work. They will crucify you. They will kill you and say they are doing God's work. That's also, This is John chapter 14 or 15 or something. Jesus says this to the disciples. They're also mocking us as believers. The the late show, Stephen Colbert put out a put out a little graphic with Jesus on it and it says, Blessed are the vaccinated, for they may attend the late show. Matthew five five. Well that, I'm pretty sure that's not what Matthew five five says. So they're out there mocking us. They think we're stupid. Stop being stupid. Well think of the favor they're doing. Stop as giving they them credit. Think of the favor they're doing as they exclude us from all these venues. Like, oh, yeah, I wanted to go get mind controlled at the late show. Speaking, of, yeah, and speaking of the late show and mind control, they're they're doing dances with ne people dressed as needles, and it's bizarre. It's turned into a full on. I cult. was imagining I, the, the problem with that is they say it's a live show. It's li it's taped in front of a live audience, which yeah, it's means not live. They, it's, and not it's not live. also they late night. It. It's taped during the it's day. It's taped during the day. Yeah, it's ridiculous. 
and it, they try to make it look like it's night. It's so it's all an illusion. But wouldn't it be great? And it's unfortunate that it's not live because wouldn't it be great if somebody during that whole syringe dancing episode got in front of the camera and said, help, I've been trapped right. with a bunch of crazy people who are worshiping the syringe. Yeah, it's bizarre. We're yeah. living through some bizarre It is times. that way. You got, we got to call a spade a spade, as they say, well, not, thank- and not pussyfoot around it. Should that be the title? No, it won't be the title. So. <laughs> It'll probably get a lot of hits. Yeah, you might get some weird search Go terms. listen to what Catherine Fitz says about pornography. We'll link and, to it. And how they're trying to get control files on people. We'll link to this interview on mindvirus.show. We'll link to some other things. On the website, if you're new here, mindvirus.show, we try to provide links and, and further reading and information and sources and things that we talk about. If there's ever something that we we leave out on that list that we mentioned, throw it in the comments and we'll go we'll find our you know, we'll find that for you. We love to get feedback. I know we don't have a ton of ton of discussion going, but it is great to hear from the listeners. And you know, you're our marketing budget. So, <laughs> so you need to share Did the you podcast. Just call our audience zeros? Z- no, they they're the budget. They're yeah, the, the budget. They, yeah, whatever yeah. they have. Yeah, okay. that's, I, I, I'm with okay, you. Okay, I'm, I'm just saying. Uh, we, uh, including me and Bobby here, we're we're the marketers. Okay, <laughs> share the podcast if you like it. Because, yep. All right, guys, we will be back next time. In the meantime, let's go, Brandon. Dun 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 dun. <laughs>